Lookout Rangers, I'm your host, Jacob Cyrus, and as always, thank you for listening. Guys, it is, I would say September 30th of 2020, but I'd be lying. I tried to do a podcast last night, but I was too tired. Worked uh, 14 and a half hours, and then it took me like an hour and a half to get home because of a, uh, I don't even know what it was, car accident, somebody jumped off a bridge, I have no idea. Just, what well, that's what people do around Atlanta man they just they pull out in front of cars and they jump off of bridges uh however holy strikeouts batman what did i tell you about record books remember that a couple podcasts ago i said it's gonna be one for the record books y'all four and a half hours that game was and i'm talking about atlanta and cincinnati the series opener She thought I said her name. Oh, boys, that's how it goes, you know. But I end up missing the entire Astros-Twins game as they swept and head to the ALDS on a huge upset this postseason. In fact, I missed the majority of some key games for how long that Braves-Reds game was. White Sox were down five against the A's, and when I checked, it looked like... It looked like Oakland finally got their bats going with some early homers to give Chicago a little pushback. Speaking of Chi-Town, what the heck? Marlins showing out the Cubs going into the ninth. Like, what did I miss? This is too much baseball at once, you know? I'm like, I'm like overwhelmed by everything. I have no time to see who's up or this and that. I mean, you, if you blink your eyes you're going to miss a home run or a a lead change but let's go ahead and talk this Braves Reds game I would say the you know opener but she's going to hear me and think I'm saying her name but whatever if the Reds won I was going to make the joke here it is I'm just going to go ahead and say it because I wrote it down but I am a November baby and I was born in 1990 which is the last year the Reds won the World Series. With, with, uh, see, I, I stuttered because I was afraid she was going to say it. Oh, she kills me, dude. I, I, I'm going to turn her off. Sorry, guys. I know this is unprofessional With uh, with, to all my seven listeners. With how the Reds have been playing, I jokingly told my friends there before the postseason began that I might have been the curse for the ball club after all because as soon as I denounce my allegiance, they not only make it to the postseason, but good grief, I don't think there's any joke to it. I know it's early, but good gosh. I said this in the sixth inning, okay? I was I was like typing this down in the, the sixth inning just so I wouldn't forget it. Um, and I mean... We'll just go ahead. <laughs> we'll just go ahead and get into it because, and spoiler alert, they did lose that game, and it's just they lost in Cincinnati fashion. Inning twelve, uh, Aristides Aquino singled on a liner to right field to lead off the top of the twelfth, as Jesse Winker busted a liner also out to right field for a single, advancing Aquino to third with no outs. Travis Jankowski would then come to pinch run for for uh, Jesse Winker. And then Kyle Farmer 
ends up being caught chasing strikes for the first out. And then Tucker Barnhart comes up the bat, gets into a full count, also goes down chasing the outside pitch that would have loaded the bases instead, making it uh, two outs for the inning. Eliminating the opportunity of a sack fly, but Jankowski did, however, advance to second on a steal because of that full count. Uh, center fielder Shogo Akiyama would be pinch hit by Freddie Galvis, who never even took his bat off his shoulder as he watched three straight strikes down Broadway, giving Atlanta the final say in the 12th. Okay, so that was opportunity miss number one. I'd say it was probably opportunity miss number two, but uh, I'm sure there were there were plenty of opportunities missed there during the regular nine innings. However, uh, so the bottom of the inning goes, Travis DeArno with a first pitch liner out in left field. He's replaced on the bags by runner Charlie Culberson. Ozzy Albies followed suit and swings the first pitch for a fielder's choice at second, and he ends up safe at first as the Reds couldn't bag the double play. Adam Duvall would come up next and allow Lorenzen to get ahead in the count as Duvall kept tagging balls foul, but Lorenzen stuck to his formula and lit Duvall up on a high heater. Dansby Swanson comes up the bat with two outs. Albies reads the ball in the sand to get to second base during Swanson's at bat as he gets a full count, but Lorenzen friggin' guns him on another strikeout, making it 21 Ks through 12 from the Reds pitching. Spoiler alert again. That would be the last strikeout for the Reds, but wow, what a feat. 21 strikeouts. I'll mention uh, who all got K's um, during that game because the bullpen, they were just as phenomenal as Trevor Bowers. Uh, it just sucks, man, because, dude, those guys, man, they all earned a baseball on the mantle for their performance. Uh, but we'll go ahead and get into that later. Top of the 13th, Shane Green replaced Tyler Matzik and catches Nick Castellanos swinging after he pretty much been the only consistent one at the plate all game for the first out. Joey Votto would then come up and line a single out to right field, bringing up Eugenio Suarez as a wild pitch would advance Votto to second. Suarez wound up singling off a ground ball himself out in left field, putting Votto to third. So you got runners on the corners. Green for the Braves ended up getting pulled and replaced by A.J. Minter as he and Mike Moustakas battled in a frame of wits on a full count in which Minter come up, came up short uh, and sent Moustakas to first on a walk, juicing the bases with only one out. Okay, you see this? Now, Aquino comes up again. He's not accustomed to runners being in scoring position, however, and he had to feel like he had just shotgunned a NOS and ate a Snickers bar all at once. Minter got ahead of him in the count, and Aquino fell to nab anything, sack fly, nothing, as he struck out for out number two. Then you got pinch hitter Jose Garcia. He would replace Jankowski, who then broke his bat on a first pitch fielder's choice to second base for the Braves to get out of another close call. All right. Here's where things kind of fall apart. Archie Bradley would replace Lorenzen, Michael Lorenzen on the mound. Bottom of the 13th as Nick Markakis would lead off with a hitter's count grounder to right field for a single. He was replaced at the bags by runner Christian Pache. I don't know. 
I'm not even going to pretend to know all these Latino last names. It's just getting out of control. I'm not trying to sound like just a friggin' old white guy, but just... <laughs> what happened to all the Smiths and the Jones, man? They're just easier to read. <laughs> Austin Riley also singled on a grounder out in left field, advancing Pache to second. Runners first and second with no outs. All right. So this is where it gets ugly for the Reds. Bradley struggling to locate pitches as Acuna Jr. breaks his bat on a grounder to Suarez for the fielder's choice at second, putting runners on the corners of the diamond with only one out. David Bell pulls Bradley, who looked completely opposite to the rest of the bullpen, and replaced him with Amir Garrett, who was predicted, actually, um, by the uh, Reds radio host to face Freddie Freeman at some point in the word that we just cannot say. I'm just going to call it Voldemort, so that way this woman on my phone doesn't think I'm talking about her. Good grief. Um, But he predicted that uh, Garrett and Freeman would face each other, which just made the stakes uh, ever more sweet. He gets ahead in the count, but Freeman manages to bust one over the diamond into center field for the walk-off RBI single, scoring Pache to win this historic wild card series opener uh, I said it she didn't go though she didn't bite what a mother effing game it was the Reds had multiple opportunities leaving 13 on base making that loss sting a little extra going into game 2 so Atlanta had they gave up 11 hits 3 bases on balls they had 16 strikeouts, so they did their part uh, as well. That's why I was saying it was historic on both sides, man. No earned runs. Uh, and then Cincinnati, they gave up six hits. I think they only gave up two hits uh, through the um, 11 or 12 innings, whatever. But, uh, yeah, man, six hits, two walks, 21 Ks, and that one earned run there in the 13th. If you told someone walking around in Ohio that the Reds would strike out 21 batters and muscle 11 hits and still find a way to lose, chances are that person would say, I had Cincinnati for you. I doubt he would have that that accent, though, if he was walking around in Ohio. Had that Cincinnati for I don't, I don't even know how they talk. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's Cincinnati for you, laddie. <laughs> Trevor Bauer with uh, 12 Ks, two hits, uh, no walks, no earned runs in 7.2 innings pitched. Rasil Iglesias, 4 Ks, zero hits, one walk, no earned runs in 1.1 innings pitched. Lucas Sims with a strikeout, no hits, one walk, no earned runs in an inning pitched. And Mike Lorenzen, two strikeouts, zero hits, no walks and no earned runs in an inning pitched. So, there you have it with those guys. Of course, Archie Bradley and Amir Garrett, um, they weren't worth, I'm not going to say they weren't worth mentioning with how they did, because that just makes me sound like I'm being a douche, but, uh, yeah, man, they blew it. <laughs> they didn't blow it, man. The friggin', the the Reds lineup, man, they, like, how do you get on base? How do you... How do you leave 13 men stranded and not score one of those guys? I just don't understand. I, I don't get it. 
I don't think they're going to come back uh, from that one. That was their opportunity to really put Atlanta against the ropes. I had no chance. I had no idea they had even that big a chance against Atlanta, especially playing in Atlanta. But my gosh, they made it interesting. Uh, like I said, that game lasted four and a half hours. I missed everything. Uh, but we'll go ahead and talk that Houston, Minnesota. Game two clinch for Houston. They take game two of the wild card against the AL Central frontrunner Minnesota, advancing to the ALDS. They won three to one, holding the Twins to only three hits for the day. And boy, was I fooled. Because they were my prediction, man. I had the Twins going like to the ALDS. I, I can't remember if they. If, who I had them losing to. I, I can't remember what the bracket looks like, and you can't find it on the stupid MLB app. But uh, I think my arrogance after winning that four-game finale series in the regular season against Houston got into my head. I'm talking about the Rangers-Houston uh, bout there at the end of the regular season. Also with the news about Verlander needing Tommy John. But Minnesota looked so stout their past 10 games, so I don't know, maybe Houston was just playing possum. Um, but anyway, shortstop Carlos Correa got in himself a solo homer in the seventh, and it ain't like he's all that. Uh, I mean, look at his last 15 games. I did the research, nine hits out of 49 at-bats. That's under 200 batting average. It's like 183, if I'm not mistaken. It just goes to show the animal that comes out of you come postseason. You know, I mean, he's a, he's a great ball player. And it just like, it's like everybody gets uh, <laughs> performance enhancing drug of like endorphins or something. I don't know how, how it works. They get their own natural endorphins uh, boosted. But uh, Kyle Tucker, he proved to be no slouch as he bagged two RBIs today, one in the fourth and the old dagger, as the kids say, in the ninth. That's a dagger. Ground balls, baby. Ground balls. And one was off the handle, but the defensive shift by Minnesota worked in his favor. I love seeing those shifts fall apart or go back to bite the teams in the butt. I hate them. And I know it's the new era, but by gosh, what happened to web gems, you know? What happened to a middle infielder laying out and making the paper? You can't make it on a box of Wheaties playing second base out in right center. And I'm just going to leave it at that. But relief pitcher Christian Javier would go on to get the win for the Astros. So hats off to the young blood getting it done when it counts. That baseball will definitely be on the fireplace mantle. And then we'll go ahead and trek on forward to the Chicago White Sox-Oakland Game 2. So, Oakland. (sighs) Boys, it's coming down to the nitty-gritty. I can't wait for this one. Oakland evens the series of three with a win apiece. And though they did, in fact, come out swinging early in the game, they almost got caught in the old playing not to lose mentality as the White Sox about took game two from them. However, fate would have it as Abreu grounded for the A's to live to fight another day. Now, Chris Bossett, or Bassett, I can't remember how to pronounce his last name, uh, and I, I didn't get a listen. I don't know why I just I'm just bad with names and I'm running a podcast for like there's like 500 freaking baseball players names to to get right um 
But anyway, he pitched an outstanding. He pitched outstanding for the club, only giving up one earned run, six hits out of seven innings. It was Liam Hendricks who almost held the door open for the White Sox to come back, despite having five Ks in just under two innings. Chicago just needs a small window, guys. They just need a small window of opportunity to make noise. And boy, did it get interesting there late in the game. The ninth inning started off with a strikeout on Adam Engel, followed by a backwards K on Jared Dyson, putting the game almost out of reach with two outs. That is until Nick Madrigal and Tim Anderson singled on back-to-back liners to center field, putting runners on the corners with Yoan Moncada, the would-be tying run at the plate. Moncada got behind in the count, but managed to make Hendricks earn it until he won the exchange with a base on balls, loading up the diamond. Hendricks would then be replaced by Jake Diekman, who would go on to pitch a tough at-bat to Yosmani Grandal, who eventually ended up walking, forcing a free run, making the game 5-3. All right, the tension then, and you could just feel it, even though there's no fans in the stands, you could just feel it, man. I could feel it through the uh, radio waves. The tension would soon be thick enough to cut with a knife, y'all, as Jose Abreu would approach the home plate and put Deke. But uh, now listen, Abreu has done it, guys. He is he he lives for moments like these, you know. Last last chance, Abreu. You know this guy was sitting out there with the broomstick. I don't know. Throwing pebbles up to himself. I don't know why I use that like that analogy. That just makes me like feel like I'm like making fun of him that he come from a poor country or something. I don't even know where he's from. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, uh, he would come up to the plate, but Deekman was able to get Jose to take a stab at an inside pitch to second base for the final out at first, putting both teams in a decider match tomorrow, well, today, see, I wrote this yesterday, I wanted to do the podcast, but guys, listen, I can barely keep my eyes open, and uh, if it weren't for the fielding error at second, believe me when I say this, might have been a different outcome for the A's, but that fielding error at second there early on, man, it just... uh, I mean that's how they got the, that's how they got their two runs. That's they that's how they scored two runs uh, from that error. So, or I mean just right after it. But however, three homer, <laughs> three homers. There were three homers, three homers recorded today. One, a two-run bomb by Marcus Simeon out in center field. A solo shot by Chris Davis, and another Yasmani Grandal bomb just like yesterday. And that's pretty much all I was able to write down. I mean, there's just too much baseball going on for me to give everybody uh, a shout out. But yeah, man, the Marlins took it to the club. The uh, I can't even talk, guys. I mean, it's it's early, boys. It's early right now. Uh, the Marlins would take it to the Cubs in Game One, beating them five to one. So the Cubs are against the ropes, which is just freaking mind-boggling to me uh of course the tampa bay rays won with just i mean one with pure ease and finesse eight to two against the blue Jays. so so long guys y'all had a good run but this is america go back to toronto just kidding <clears throat> but yeah the 
the Rays will advance to <clears throat> the ALDS up there in the top. Gosh, boys, my throat, son. It's all them pickled eggs I've been eating. I ate a pickled egg for the first time yesterday, and then I ended up eating like 11, and I am paying for it today. Uh, yeah, the Padres lost to the Cardinals 4-7. to seven. So that really like threw me for a loop because I had the Padres going so far in my bracket, which just goes to show you that NAIA baseball players don't know jack about baseball. But I mean, honestly, I I just I don't really like the Cardinals, and I didn't think they were that good. But after somebody laid out everything for me uh, on a podcast, I was listening to them, and they said, "Look." Uh, the Cardinals have played doubleheader after doubleheader because of their early COVID problems, which I was just thinking like, you know, they, I mean, they were like 13, 14 games behind everybody else whenever they were able to freaking play their first game, uh, due to COVID. And, uh, the fact that these guys have been playing doubleheader after doubleheader and they've just been like, I don't know, man hats off to management hats off to the players adjusting to the adversity against them Cardinals look tough boys Cardinals look tough I hope I can listen to that one and then the Yankees ended up winning wow I'm just now seeing this for the first time I I was trying to keep up with it I ended up falling asleep because the game was so late but the Yankees won game two against the Cleveland Indians. They beat them 10 to nine as they would score two runs there in the ninth inning. Holy crap. Yeah. I mean, Cleveland tied it up. They tied it. No. Yeah. Yeah. They tied it up nine all there in the bottom of the eighth. And you think, wow, man, this is, I mean, this right here would have been a good game to listen to. I might have to actually go back and listen to it. Um, Yankees with eight hits, Indians with ten hits. It looks like they had two errors that possibly um, cost them a run, maybe two. But yeah, top of the ninth, man, Yankees. Uh, wild, unforgettable unforgettable win sends the Yankees to the ALDS. There was no ruckus, boozy celebration in the visiting clubhouse at Progressive Field, as there was three years ago for a Yankees postseason triumph that seemingly transpired in a different universe. Instead, the Yankees bumped fist, acknowledging that their October is only get gosh. Okay, so I guess DJ LeMahieu ripped a tie-breaking single there in the top of the ninth. I was just reading the MLB app. Uh, recap for that game so holy crap also the Dodgers uh, won four to two uh, to no surprise against the Brewers but uh, I thought they would I thought they would absolutely just like stomp them out so I don't know we'll see guys we will see (sighs) today we have the Reds facing off the Braves 12 that would be 11 central uh, and then the NLWC game two, baby, with the Cubs and Marlins at 2-1 Central. The White Sox and Athletics will be in their game decider match. Game three, guys, you all are going to want to listen to that one. That'll be 3 Eastern time, 2 Central. And then you've got game... What is that? Is that an ad? I'm not even going to get into this thing. This podcast is over. My gosh. That right there is just a classic case of get the heck on the road, Jacob. Guys, you all have a spectacular day. Check out those ball games. 
I had such high hopes for this podcast, but I mean, I'm telling you boys, I was just running on fumes last night and I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I had the whole setup ready and I just lay, I got horizontal and that was a wrap. So y'all have a good one, guys. I'll catch in with you tonight. Unless I got another late one, boys. You never know, Santo Rocco. Y'all be good, guys. Later.